Now then, Miss Paul Manor, what can I get for you? I've got my list here. Oh. Oh. But I can't find my purse. Afternoon, Mr Pengelly, Mrs Pengelly. Afternoon, Mr Afternoon, Mr Phillips. Mr. Phillips. <laughs> my money. It is not here. I've been robbed. Perhaps you dropped it. No, I can have. Twas in my purse, which was in my handbag, which was in my shopping bag. Must have been Dick Turpin to get that off you. <laughs> Tis not funny, Mr Phillips. Perhaps you left it in the off-licence. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? They children jostled I just now. One of they must have taken it. Have one of you got Miss Pullmana's purse? I no, I haven't. I haven't. There. Look around on the floor, my dear. There must be here somewhere. There's more than two pounds in there. Two pounds? Oh, really? Do I get a reward? Uh, where you be off to? I was going to look outside. <laughs> Escape in, worry. Hey, <laughs> you might it somewhere. I haven't got your rotten purse. I should search all of them. One of them has it, tis sure. Uh, I suppose I can leave, can I? Without being searched. How's us going to search they? The boys can empty them pockets to start with. Oh, there you are, Jack. Where have you been? Look, Uncle Jack, I've just found this purse over by Miss Pullmanna's bike. <laughs> oh, take it in the shop. She's in there having kittens. Tell her where you found it. Empty your pockets. Now, how's us going to search they maids, Miss Pullmanner? They ain't got nowhere to hide naught. You'll have to look in her knickers. She puts everything in there. <laughs> I don't! <laughs> <laughs> Miss Pullmanner? your purse. There. One of them has it. I told he, didn't I? But he wasn't even in here. I found it on the ground by your bicycle. Oh, well, I shall check inside. I didn't look inside, Miss Pullmanner. I didn't like to. Everything there, Miss Pullmanner? As far as I can tell for now. I must be on my way. She blames us for everything. Blinking old bat. That's enough of that now. I won't have name calling in here. So, the Vackies didn't steal your purse after all, then? Little devils. You don't know what they'll get up to next. Oh, look at this. I've got a puncture, a flat tyre. Oh, look at that. Both of them. Oh. Bad luck. Where have you been riding the thing? In the quarry? Two flat tyres. It's the Vackies again. But they was all in the shop. I reckon it was those two soldiers who were by you just now. I saw them fiddling about by your bike. Soldiers! Vackies! Oh, I've left my pump at home. I'll have to push it all the way. No, 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 no. No need for that, Miss Polmana. Oi, Frank. Yeah? Wheel Miss Polmana's bike back to her house and pump her tyres up for her and she'll give you sixpence. Don't worry, I can do it myself. All right, then. Frank, you do it and I'll give you sixpence. Cheap at the price. Miss Polmana will just say thank you very much. You're a good boy. I shall do no such thing. Goodbye to you all. My lord. How she get two punctures? I reckon someone let her tyres down. Cool. Really? Let her tyres down? That's a bit naughty. I don't believe anyone would have done that. Aye. Maybe it was those two soldiers. Oh. I saw them. Soldiers? Yeah. I didn't know soldiers were supposed to do that. Do you know how they did it? Easy. You can do it with a matchstick. That's right, boy. You take a matchstick, just like this one I've got for you, and you use it to push the valve in and... Psh, there you are. <laughs> there you go. Take the matchstick, Alan. But don't you ever try it on my bike or I'll tan the hide off you. Come on, Jack. Where's that brother of yours? 
Harry. Let's play families. No. You be dad and I'll be mum. Oh, I love you, dad. You can tell. Listen to my heart. Go on. Feel it. I don't want to. You do. You're older than me. I'm nearly 16. I'm 10. The boy should be older than the girl. I like you best because you're the youngest. Have you seen my new knickers? Everybody has. They haven't. When you do high kicks. Want to see them now? Shut up. Want to touch? Just stop talking about it all the time. It's embarrassing. Sorry. Sorry. Won't speak again. Promise. I don't like you. Yes, you do. She was right. I did. I loved her. Sort of. Here, give me your hand. Suddenly, soldiers descended on dob walls. The big house was requisitioned and overflowed. Corrugated iron Nissan huts appeared along the drives. Girls took to walking the lanes nearby with increasing frequency. Elsie, now fulsomely 15, lost interest in me. If the Vakis had shocked the village, the soldiers stunned it. Soldiers singing these lewd songs. Yes, yes. There's a war on, Miss Palmer. Camp concerts were huge events. The locals, especially the children, did their best to get places. The Lou Fisherman's Choir performed in the long Nissan hut that was the camp canteen. There were professional entertainers, too. I should like to apologise to Mr Shorthouse for misspelling his name in the Parish magazine. And now, a sing-song. Come on, everybody. You all know the words. Sergeants and W.O.1s Bless all the corporal
rows of soldiers and not enough girls sang with a sudden rolling bellowing roar and swayed as they sang. The force and enthusiasm of all those open male throats gave that song an emotional power the composer could never have dreamed of. Oh my wartime childhood. The stinging smoke and sickly beer smell. The distant light on the stage. And here, in the comforting dark, rows of soldiers and the meagre ration of girls. It was my childhood, but it was their youth. Hands tight round willing waists. Male fingers pressing into thin summer frocks. Female cheeks against harsh army tunics. Bawling out their fervour for a moment with a passion I could sense but not comprehend. Their passion was not to get at the Germans, of course, but to stay, forever if possible, in the warm half-dark, in the promise of a smile, and against the pressure of another body that might be snatched away. They had the threat of extinction to sharpen their senses. We kids hung round the soldiers constantly, catching rides, holding their rifles, wearing their forage caps, and when the sentries allowed us, swinging open the big iron gates at the entrances of the drives of Double Boy's house, so that cars, lorries, and even tanks and Bren carriers could rumble in and out. After they'd passed, we could swing them closed again with a satisfying clang. Then, the military deemed the gates too much of a bother constantly to open and close, so they were taken off their hinges and leant against the wall. Just take it off and put it over there. Instead of swinging on the gates, we just sat on them. The smallest of us was Teddy Willis. Wait for me. He'd been billeted four doors up at number three railway cottages, along with his mother, because he was just four at the time of the evacuation. I'm four. He was now five and tagged along with us in most of our play. On this day, he was at the end of a row of us sitting on the gate when a lorry came round the corner, tipped it forward, and left us falling backwards into the bushes. Except for Teddy. He was thrown forward and went under the gate. And the gate went under the lorry. Oh my God! I clambered out and looked at the scene before me. The driver staring aghast at the result of his tiny error. Oh my God. The unbelieving sentry. Go and get some help. Three other children, one with his hand in his mouth, all beyond tears. Teddy's crushed body under the gate, leaking blood and other things. I turned and ran for the only help I trusted. We ran back up to the main road. A sentry, accompanied by the bemused driver and three children, was walking up the main road, carrying Teddy's tiny, crumpled body to number three railway cottages where he lived. What 
are you doing? What are you doing, man? Are you the mother? No. Where are you taking him? The children said he lives in the cottages here. What are you trying to do? Give his mother a present, you bloody fool. Take him back to the camp. His mother will be out any minute. The sentry, probably a teenager, was hopelessly out of his depth. I didn't know where to take him. Oh, Teddy. My little mite. What will she do? Auntie Rose took Teddy's mother into our house where she lay collapsed and sobbing on the sofa, watched by our detached, curious eyes until we were driven out. So much emotion seemed more than one person could contain. Her body jerked and heaved, and her grief tore its way out of her. A day later, a soldier appeared in the court, Teddy's father. He stood mutely, arms pinned to his side by his wife as she clung to him and sobbed anew. What guilt she must have suffered besides her agony. To have brought her son to Cornwall for safety and then to have this news for his father. One day later, Jack and I, Harold and Alan Packham, Jimmy Peters and Brian Bunny were to carry Teddy's coffin to the station to put it on the 9am Cornish Riviera Express to Paddington. A farewell gesture from us all. A makeshift military band was to lead us. The whole of Double Boys followed. A funeral march was considered inappropriate for so small a child, so some genius of military bandsmanship used his discretion. Because I was the smallest boy, I was in the middle. My shoulders weren't high enough, so I had to hold my hands up to reach the coffin. The couple of hundred yards to the station seemed endless. Teddy's coffin wasn't long enough to accommodate three boys on each side, and nobody taught us to walk in step. And as we tripped and shuffled along, my heels and calves were skinned by the hobnail boots of the boys behind, as I inflicted similar injuries on the boys in front, whose heels, meanwhile, were gashing my shins. The station master, stout and self-important, held the train as we filed down the slope of the station approach between two rows of soldiers. Passengers stared from the train as we clumsily put Teddy in the strong-smelling guards van on straw that was laid for some tethered creature, a calf or goat, that stirred uneasily at the activity around it. The train departed and we turned and ran hard to school in Dobwalls over a mile away. I was the only one in Junior Vacky's class in the isolated tin hut. Terence Frisbee, you're late again. What's your excuse this time? Look at the time. And your legs, all scratched and bloody. What have you been doing? Football? Fighting? Climbing? No, miss. No fibs. 40 minutes you're late. This is a record, I think. Please, miss. Be miss. quiet, Muriel Osborne. Terry, come here. The dreaded ruler was produced. God knows how such a failure of communication had occurred in our gossip-ridden little community. But Mrs Langdon knew nothing of the double boys' ceremony. I got six of the best. Now go to your place. Miss. And don't be late again. Please, miss. Be quiet, Muriel. And stop snivelling, Terry. You've had that much before and earned it. Please, miss. Yes. What is it, Muriel? Please, miss. 
He's been carrying Teddy Willis's coughing. They put it on the train this morning at Double Boys. My lady said, I heard. Oh, oh my, oh my goodness. Dear Lord, I thank thee that the Vackies and the village children are now getting on so well together and that peace has come to our village. Mr. Buckroyd! Mr. Buckroyd! Oh. Have you heard the rumours? What rumours? The army camp at the big house. All the soldiers are leaving and it's being taken over. Who by? The land army? Well, that would be quite restful. The Americans! Americans? Do you hear that, my dear? We got Americans coming here now. Oh, my Lord. It will be just like being in the pictures. Jack, Jack, the Yanks are coming. Hundreds of them. Will they be gangsters? No, soldiers, you idiots. With Tommy guns. And jeeps. And sweet. And chewing gum. Americans, dear Lord. What prank will you play on us next, I wonder? Why not send us Martians and have done with it? <gasps> Mr. Buckroyd, Mr. Buckroyd, Mr. Buckroyd, Mr. Buck, 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 Yes, Buck, yes, Buck. Miss Paul Manor. Then black. Then black. All of them. Black as night. In this remote part of Cornwall in 1943, people from the next village were strangers. Englishmen from across the Tamar were foreigners. Americans might have been from Mars, but black Americans. Well, located where it was on the southwest coast, Cornwall had a long history of interaction, trade and war with the northwest coast of Africa. Many Cornish are very dark as a result of these interactions. The Barbary slave trade, which lasted over 300 years, saw hundreds of thousands of Cornish stolen into slavery in North Africa, some within their grandparents' lifetime. At the same time, however, because of the campaigns of John Wesley and the Methodist Church, the Cornish took to boycotting sugar, tobacco, rum and cotton at considerable loss to themselves so as to protest against and defund slavery. They were at least a generation ahead of the rest of Britain, which was a generation ahead of anywhere else. Still to this day, many Cornish won't have sugar in their tea, for the brown people, as they put it. All over? All the way up and down? Us have heard tell. I never seen one of they before. No more have I. They be Barbary pirates, come to steal us all into slavery. Don't be stupid, Dick. Well, they was very civil with we in the shops just now. <laughs> They're black! Black as the ace of spades! All of them! They mad for white women, Miss Paul Manor. <laughs> Us'll all be raped in our beds. Don't you worry, Miss Paul Manor. They'll make an exception in your case. <laughs> <laughs> Look. Three GIs had entered the shop. Morning, folks. Hello, and my handsome. Morning, ma'am. Morning, ma'am. <laughs> nice to meet you, sir. Good morning to you, sir. Where he been the last three years? Tis nearly all over. I'm sorry. Don't he listen to him. You'm welcome to Cornwall. Tidn't much, but tis home to us. You should see where we come from. This is paradise. So, you're from America? Yes, ma'am. Which part? Louisiana. Oh, I got a cousin in Chesapeake called Rose. 
Do you know her? I'm afraid I don't. Nor me. Nor me. Oh. Chesapeake is in Virginia, ma'am. Here, 150 years we ain't been having no sugar in our tea for you lot. Excuse me? Excuse me asking, ma'am, but I see you have two churches in your town. Is one maybe all right for colored folk to worship in? What? We was wondering which one we could go to. They be Church of England and Wesleyan Methodist Chapel. Which be you? We're all Southern Baptists. I reckon that's the same as Methodist, don't you, Miss Paul Manor? No, I do not, Dick Blodgett, as you very well know. Now, I must be going. Hi there, kids. Well, hi there, kids. How you doing? She was right. They are all black. All right, I will. Have you got any gum, chum? <laughs> hey, you speak American? That American? You dig? What? You talk the jive, Clive? My name's not Clive. It's Alan. <laughs> <laughs> we kids, we loved them. We wore their hats, chewed their gum, held their strange hands and ate their candy. We rode on their jeeps, tooth-loosening joy rides across the fields. We drilled with their rifles and learned their slang. I even had a tap dancing lesson on a sheet of plywood at the army camp gates from a man from New Orleans itself. Hello. How are you? Good day. We're soldiers from the U.S. of A. Pleased to meet you, sir. Pleased to meet you, ma'am. Pleased to meet you, pretty lady. We're here for Uncle Sam. At your service this fine day. Any questions, please just say. Questions? No! Drive cars. Have you ever had a pasty? No, we have not. Is it true that you eat dogs? Only if they're hot. Have you crossed the Golden Gates? Have you climbed the Empire State? Have you ever smelt a skunk? Why'd you call a tramp a bum? Have steam trains? Can you tell me, chum? One last question Have you got any gum? Got any gum, chum? We might have some. Any gum, chum? Now don't all scrum. It sure is yum. You can chew it till your mouth goes numb. Got any gum, chum? This sure is fun. Any gum, chum? Do the chewing hum. Yummy yum, yum. Rum pum pum. And that, that is how, how you do, do the, the chewing hum. hum. Refrigerators, oranges and peaches, eagles, buffalo, bears and avocados, a city called Chicago, frightening tornadoes, tropics, desert, and snow. We've got rodeos and ranches, 
grapes up on the branches. We drink lots of Coca-Cola and there's ice to crush. We've got Mormons, we've got Quakers, we've got towering skyscrapers, but no privies for us. Our lavatories flush. Do you drink tea? No siree. Speak Cherokee? Not frequently. Do you play billiards? We shoot pool. Would you like a game of cricket? We don't understand the rules. Do you know Clark Gable? Is Harper really dumb? Have you ever had a Hershey? Have you hit a home run? Please give me an answer. Can you tell me, John? One last question. Have you got any gum? Got any gum, chum? We might have some. Any gum, chum? Now don't all scrum. Any gum, chum? It sure is yum. You can chew it till your mouth goes numb. Got any gum, chum? It sure is fun. Any gum, chum? Do the chewing hum. Yummy yum, yum. Rum pum pum. And that is how you do the chewing hum. Elsie liked them too. I think they're lovely boys.